Hey everybody, this is RJ Thompson joining you again for the City of You podcast. Um, it's about 9.30 in the morning on a Wednesday, and I'm sitting in uh, Friends Specialty uh, downtown uh, with Chris Gunther, whom I know absolutely nothing about, um, and you shouldn't be surprised about that whatsoever. Uh, just to describe the situation here for you, um, we're the only people in here aside from two police officers in the back where we would typically go to record these um it's blisteringly hot out and it's so humid um and chris dressed up super professionally and part of me uh feels pain for him because of the heat um and uh i don't know if chris you didn't order anything did you not sure okay okay well maybe something on your way out um so uh we'll go ahead and get started chris uh tell me a little bit about yourself because again i know nothing well, first, let me say thank y'all for taking the time out to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Um, Chris Gunther here, City of You podcast. I am from here, Youngstown, Ohio, born and raised. And it's just a tremendous thing to see what, you know, you guys are doing. So what I do is, first things, I'm a student, and I go to Youngstown State. I am getting ready to be a senior. So it's a pretty good feeling knowing that I'm almost out of there. Uh, I also do a radio show as well on the Brookery Radio, and it's a phenomenal show that I've been blessed to do, and outside of that, I also do a lot of things inside the community and outside the community as well. What's your major? My major is telecommunications, and with that, I plan on going into the sports broadcasting and TV and radio. What uh, what sport do you want to uh, cover the most? I mean, you can cover them all, but... If I had to choose one, I'm going with basketball all day, man, because I was a basketball player, and, I mean, I kind of know that a little bit better than football and some of the other major sports. So, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'm definitely going with basketball. And what's the name of your radio show? The name of my radio show is The Chris Gunther Show, which is self-entitled, obviously. And the purpose of my show is to inspire and encourage people through music, through testimonies, through the Word of God, and it's a gospel show. So I think that's definitely something that is different. And not a lot of people know exactly, um, like not a lot of people know that you can tune into a radio show and hear somebody talking about gospel. So I think I take a lot of pride in doing that. Especially on the student station. Right, exactly. And most of the like, things that our station has, you have hip-hop, you have R&B, you have as many um, genres of music as possible. But with this one, you know, my show is a little different. And I think I pride myself on being a little different from everybody else. Can you break down the format? Like, well, how long is your, how long is the show? The show is two hours long. So every segment we do, we try to make sure to incorporate some kind of inspiration, but we also try to incorporate some confrontation as well, because there's no sense in me saying everything is going to be all right, but there's nothing that leads up to that. It's kind of like a good story. You know, you know what's going to happen in the end, but you got to create some tension in the beginning and then create some more tension in the middle, then you go to the resolution, which is the end. So that's exactly what we do. Can you give me an example of like a particular story where you break down those, those, those points, those sort of narrative storytelling points? Like, What's one particular story that, that had the tension in it, that had the resolution, and some of those themes that sticks out to you? Well, a lot of the things I talk about come from the Bible, but I also incorporate them into the things going on now. Uh, One of the things that we talked about one week, how there was a woman in the Bible 
who had this particular issue and her issue dealt with consistency and she was not necessarily a bad person with consistency but because of who she was make a long story short she wanted justice and when she wanted that justice she had to go to a judge and she kept bugging this judge constantly and constantly and constantly and the judge was not going to give her any justice but because she was consistent and because she continued to stay there the judge said you know what i don't even care about this god you serve but this woman is driving me crazy give this woman whatever she wants so she can leave me alone and a lot of times in life you have to be consistent with what you want until the people who try to turn you away and the people who try to turn you down to the point where they can't turn you down anymore because you're so consistent they have to give you what you want certainly that dogged determination uh you learn a lot through that that process you know i, I can't speak for the young woman that that you're referencing but uh, I'm hoping that she learned a lot about herself and the world through that entire that entire process. And it's good to hear that she stayed the course and and was consistent. Then she get did she get the justice? I mean, yes, she did. Yes, she did. And I think that's the ultimate factor is because she was so consistent and she had stayed with it. So when she stayed with it, when you stay with things for so long and you keep pushing and keep pushing, there's not really too many things that will not be accomplished. How did it change her? It changed her because she got exactly what she wanted. And not only did she get what she wanted, but she discovered a new thing, not only about God, but she discovered a new thing about herself. And a lot of things that she dealt with, you know, she had obstacles against her. You know, the Bible never says she had obstacles, but I can only naturally imagine in my mind what she was thinking every time they told her no. You know, how many times have we tried to do something and someone told us no. But the more that you keep pushing past the no's, you're going to finally find that yes. And when you find that yes, you can say, I made it. So I'm kind of curious. Um, how old are you? 21. 21. And you've got this radio show. And I kudos to you. I, I definitely commend your, your efforts there. <clears throat> it's not every 21-year-old that wants to jump on the radio and, and not only speak their mind, but speak their truth. And um, that's definitely something that I, I appreciate um, as a storyteller, as a listener, as an observer. But um, how did you find your way to your radio show? Like, by that I mean you had any number of different ways to communicate. Why a radio show? Well, honestly, I did not anticipate having a radio show. You know, I was a telecommunications major, and the only thing I was doing was I was just going to class and going home. You know, I wasn't really involved too much on campus, and I wasn't really trying to do as much. Well, one day I heard about Rookery Radio because in my class we had went to the studio, and this particular day when we went in there, there was actually a live show going on, and the people who were on the show asked if anybody wanted to hop on a mic and say something. So I figured, why not? You know, hey, we're here. We got to get some experience some kind of way. And I really enjoyed it from that point on. So after that, I went to go talk to Kenny Reyes, who is the supervisor of the radio station. You know what? Kenny just added me to Facebook. Um, there's some synchronicity going on here, but continue. <laughs> Shout out to Kenny. But yeah, so after you know, Kenny and I talked, we had, had a chance to um, pretty much discuss what I wanted my show to be about. And he said, if you can come up with an outline for your first show will start training you well i saw i actually had a co-host too so it was not not just my show but it was hers as well 
so we worked together for a year and then she you know transitioned and i did as well and that's how i got my gospel show who was your co-host her name was katherine thompson no relation to me folks i don't know any <laughs> katherine thompsons um how have have you found that transition from going as a duo to sing to solo uh any troubles or challenges there Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The reason why it was so challenging is because when me and Kat did our show, it was hip-hop, R&B, and gospel. But when I wanted to do mine, it was straight gospel. And, um, you know, one of the things that I had always loved about me and Kat was how we had worked together great. However, you know, there did come a time when there were certain principles that I was not ready to compromise on. And I'm not saying that she's a bad person. I'm not saying that she, she did anything wrong. It's just um, I was at a point in my life where I really had to focus on what God was telling me. Sure. And it was time to go back to gospel. And as far as, you know, what she wanted to do, that's great. But I had to do what I knew for a fact was what I was called to do, which was go back to doing the things I've always been taught. Sort of that unstoppable force versus an immovable object kind of relationship. Yeah. And those happen. And, uh you know, compromise in, in that regard, you know, I, is largely guided by conviction and you didn't fold and, and that's okay. And you went your separate ways. So, uh, did she graduate? Is she doing her own show now or? Well, she did graduate. And after she graduated, she moved on to Florida to pursue the next step in her career. So, you know, I wish her nothing but the best. So when you graduate, um, which is something that is on every student's mind from the minute they start university, um, what's going what's gonna to happen with your show? What are you going to do next? Well, that is still up in the air. And the reason why I say that is because nobody knows for a fact what tomorrow holds. While I do believe in planning and I do believe in having some kind of idea of what you want to do, the way that my show has really, you know, mm -hmm. took off this past season has been a tremendous blessing. And the fact that I still have a year and a half left on my show really makes it even better. So what I want to do is continue to do my show and to continue to see how much it builds to the point where I can, by the grace of God, if somebody hears it and they really enjoy it, they could pick it up and we could run with it as long as it's the right deal. So <clears throat> definitely seeing that that radio concept your show succeed to the next person this is a, sort of a legacy building there which is very uh, rewarding absolutely and i mean nobody is here forever you know it's all about what you do while you're here and then who are you going to help maintain that <gasps> not only to maintain it but who are you going to help make it greater because i'm only going to be here for a little bit but the next generation i want them to do things that i only dreamed about doing you know it's kind of like what you want to do is great, but if you're not helping anybody else out, then what are you doing? Right, and I love how you put that because um, I cannot currently think of a of an apt metaphor. Uh, perhaps you could um, that that basically says you're you're making life better for your successor, um, and because that's your dream, and um, that's very selfless, and and there's a there's a lot to respect about that. Um, I found that as an educator, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, 
you know, and, and getting to that point, it's tough. It's work. It's hard work. Um, but it's rewarding when you can open other doors for folks and see what they do with it and, and build on that legacy. And, you know, I use the word legacy in a very uh, non personified way. Like it's not about ego. It's not about you, 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 you. You're just, you're, you're building something that you're a part of that just so happens to live on beyond you. And there's something very, um, it's altruistic, sure, but it's very rewarding. You know, 20 years from now, you're going to be able to say, I started that. But more importantly, think of the works that we did there. I was just a small part of it. You know what I mean? What would you say? What would you say 20 years from now, looking back in your show that you helped create still exists? What, what would your, what would your uh, sort of insight be there? My insight would be, wow, God has really been blessing me for 20 years. And not only that, but to see how much it has progressed within that 20-year period. And not to mention, I want somebody to have a greater show than I did 20 years from now. Like, you know, I've been blessed to have a couple top-notch people. You know, people such as Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin, Dietrich Haddon, you know, some of the big-time names in gospel. Well, that's great. I had the chance to have them call into my show, but 20 years from now, I want people like that to come into the studio and do a live show versus just calling in you know if that can happen oh man i'll be the happiest man in the world (laughs) um pardon me i am not a religious person so let me contextualize that i'm spiritual but i'm not religious in the sense that um i believe in a in a higher power but i don't practice any specific you know uh identified religion right so how do you get someone like me to listen to what you have to say well the first thing you have to do is let them know that jesus was not a religious person either i think that's one of the most misconceptions about jesus and christianity can you expand on that because i have not heard that Absolutely. Well, when you look at it from a natural perspective, Jesus was not one who judged anybody. He wasn't the one who judged someone who was not religious because he was not religious himself. It's hard for me to say something that I'm not. So what he did was he reached the people where he was, went to the street corners where the people who were shunned, went to those who weren't as popular, went to those who may have not known who he was, and he still showed them love. He still showed them the love of God he still showed them how you can still love God and he also showed them how you have the ability to know who he is but in order to do that you first have to let him try to you know deal with you where you're at it's crazy because there's a scripture actually not scripture there's a story that deals with this woman who was caught in the act of adultery now what adultery means cheating so she was caught cheating on her husband And at that time, there was a certain law. And in that law, the law had stated that if you are caught in the act of adultery, you should be stoned, meaning, you know, people should throw stones at you and kill you. So a lot of people brought this woman to Jesus and they tried to condemn him. But what they forgot was how Jesus is all knowing. So he knew exactly what she did, who she did it with and when she did it. So all he did was he kneeled down in the dirt. And he got back up and said to everybody, let he who was without sin cast the first stone. Meaning, okay, so you guys want to throw shade at her, but what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? All of the people who tried to condemn her left one by one. 
to the point where it was just Jesus and the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So he asked her one question. He said, where's everybody who's condemned you? She said, I don't know where they're at. And he flat out told her, I don't condemn you either. So it was a one-on-one situation. And after the one-on-one situation, he told her, go and sin no more. So it doesn't matter if you're a religious person or not. A relationship with Jesus is one-on-one, not religious. Thank you for putting it that way. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, folks. I'm getting over a cold. Um, thank you for putting it that way. And it, and it was beautifully put. Um, and uh, I like how you resolved down to the basics. You know, love knows no bounds. And, and that's the entry point, I think, for, for a lot of people. I mean, at least for me, that's, that's the entry point to, you know, I may not be uh, a, a religious practitioner by any means but I understand and know love and I I see it I recognize it when I see it or I hear it and that's kind of like the entry point maybe for your show Absolutely. you know um, what kind of feedback have you now I'm sure you get all different types of listeners um, and certainly some like me uh, for for listeners like me what kind of feedback have you gotten do you know yes uh, most of the feedback I've gotten has been extremely positive. Now, there have been a few naysayers here and there who will say that I shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff on the air because it's religious or I shouldn't be talking about Jesus on the air. I mean, I've dealt with negative and positive, but the thing that's made me keep pushing is making me realize why I'm doing this, you know, because I'm as great as the positives are, I'm not doing this for people. Granted, I love people, and I love to help everybody and love to please everybody as much as I possibly can. But the reality of it is that's impossible. So you might as well do what you got to do while you're here and help someone while you're here. And that is, I think, has been the most significant part to me is that I've been able to help people in such a way that really shows them, first of all, the love of Christ, but shows them love from a, one human being to another. You know, I think the greatest thing to do in this platform that I'm on is to still reach people where they are and love on them where they are and help them become better with any kind of situation that they may be facing. Because some of them may even be facing their situations alone, Absolutely. you know, and they need that. They need even, even like a minute of support can mean the world to someone. It has. Like there have been times when we have discussed certain topics and callers will call <laughs> in and some of them will actually be crying. And they would say, you know, I didn't think anybody cared about me this way or I didn't think somebody actually listens. You know, when you get those people who call in and literally tell you that you're helping them out, that is what makes it 10 times easier. That's what makes life worth living. For as heartbreaking as that is, it, in, it is in turn on the parallel uplifting or empowering because for, for all involved, you know, um, and maybe this particular comparison doesn't apply, but one of the things that I always tell my students is every moment of your life allows for a moment to teach and a moment to learn. And you can learn and teach simultaneously. And it's, it seems very uh, similar. That situation is very similar to what you just described. So, like, this person who was crying, you know, she, she's learning love through through what you're saying and, and that support and she's not alone anymore and consequently she's empowered to um you know right the wrongs of whatever she's going through or at least change her perspective 
um, change her outlook on it. And you in turn are just as empowered to help her through that. Um, do you, when folks like that call in, do they ever return call or do you follow up with them separately? What I do is I make sure to, you know, have them give me their information. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll call back the next week and they'll call in the next week to say, hey, I just called to show some support or, hey, I just called to let you know that I enjoy your show. And sometimes they'll call in with questions such as, well, how do, can I get past this or, you know, how can I help this person out? So anytime they call back the next week, that shows you that you've gotten them and you're continuing to have things that they are loving, the things they're trying to hear. And when they continue to call back, you know, you know, okay, I got them now. So let's keep their attention and let's ultimately make them a, not so much a better listener, but you want to make them a better person. And that can be hard to do. Absolutely. Oh, man, it can be very hard because a lot of times I've helped people out and it's like, who's there to help me out? Because it's, it's one thing when you're the helper, but what, help, but what happens when you need the help yourself? But then that's when you have to realize, you know, um, the more you do for people, the more you continue to help them out, your strength will come back to you. But it all happens in the timing. You know, to everything, there's a season and a time. So the more that you stay in a season of helping, your time is going to come for your help to come back to you. And, you know, something just popped into my head where you're acknowledging strength through this action um, and being able to acknowledge weakness at the same time um, is important. Yes. And I have to ask, who do you go to for help when when you need it other than Jesus? <laughs> That's an obligatory response, yeah. That is the most, oh, my goodness, you are so right. Because anytime somebody asks me that question, automatically they say, besides Jesus. And I'm like, as much as I love Jesus, I need some natural help as well. But, man, who do I go to? Uh, I go to my dad. Go to my dad. I will go to my grandfather before he passed away. Um, My mom, so obviously my parents. And honestly, what I try to do is rely on maybe a few friends because everybody needs that support system. And um, so between my parents and a few of my friends and my pastor, um, that's it. And the reason why I say that's it is because you don't need everybody to know your business. And since you don't need everybody to know your business, everybody doesn't need to know what your weaknesses are or nobody needs to know exactly what you struggle with. And the reason why is because a lot of times people will try to expose your weakness for their glory. But you have to remember that I am not exposing my weakness to anybody because I'm, you know, I'm sharing this with them so they can help me. And you have to just be very selective when you share things with. So I've been blessed to have a few people who I can share things with and they help me out. This has been such a great conversation for me um, because you're simplifying matters in a sense that... So I live in Pittsburgh and I have an hour commute up to Youngstown like every day. And I have a lot of time to think. And sometimes I do so in silence, Right. And I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about ego and how, like, ego drives you to do things and not, and not always necessarily for the benefit of others. You know, it's like purely self-beneficial ego. And, you know, as, as, an, as a teacher, um, you have, I feel like I have to have some kind of ego 
in order to and and you said it best like you you thought I was a student I I am young I look young uh I look younger than I am and you have to have you have to have a healthy ego I think to be to be a teacher not just of one subject but in general and I've been trying to to remove the unhealthy parts of my ego from from what I do in the day-to-day and that's very difficult um you could be, you know, you're in a situation where you have this radio show and you're helping people. Have you found any, like, negative creep, negative ego creep uh, hit you, you know, throughout this, throughout this experience? Absolutely, because I have saw some things in myself that at one point I, I wasn't really too happy of, you know. Um, I was- to even get to that point and acknowledge that, that's so profound. Because that does not happen to everyone, ever, you know? It, it doesn't, because a lot of people, once they get to a level of success, they get big-headed, and then they think nobody can tell them nothing. In reality of it, that's not me. Um, one of the negative things that I had to deal with was, first of all, I had to deal with um, a lot of listening to what other people were saying. And that's, that can really damage you, because not everybody who's talking about you is talking good about you. And um, then I also had to remember that, okay... Outside of being a radio host, outside of being a minister, outside of being a show host, because I am all of those three, take away all those, I am still a human being. You know, granted, I have a radio show and I do a lot of things outside of the radio, such as preaching, such as hosting major, major events, but I'm still a person. So when you have a lot of things that you do outside of what your main thing is, it can really affect your ego. But the thing is... What are you allowing to affect it? Because um, being egotistical can be a damaging thing. You know, if you have something positive about you, that's good. But becoming egotistical about everything, then that's not good. Because now you make it seem like nobody can tell you anything. And I never was a cocky person. Um, I, I never was somebody who was like, you can't tell me nothing about my show. What I will do is I'll listen to constructive criticism if it's right. And if it's some stuff that I just know for a fact isn't right, then I don't even waste my time listening to it. Because you're not going to waste your time with something that you know for a fact isn't right. And that's the best way to edit. You know, edit, edit that feedback. And, you know, be objective about it. And then take the good, reject the bad. You know, and even what's good and what's bad, you have to be even further, furtherly objective about it. Because um, one... One minor thing might be a negative to you, but to others it might be. So it, it, editing in that sense, and, and it can be difficult. One of the things that I enjoy, and maybe I'm over-idealizing this, but um, one of the things I enjoy about these podcasts is walking into them not knowing anything. <laughs> anything. I mean, uh, I've learned... I like to think that you maybe have told me more about yourself than you would in just typically... You know, and I'm a complete stranger, you know, uh, soon I'll get his bank account information. <laughs> but um, I, one of the things that I really like about these podcasts is that these, everyone I talk to is a complete stranger. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I know you'll give a good response to this, is the life lessons you get from people that not even those that you're connected to, but those that you just interact with. So, for example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this conversation, and I'm going to take a lot out of it. And I hope that that 
on your side in turn is true. Um, but can you talk a little bit about uh, the lessons that you learned from, from people in this, this journey of life, so to speak? And I know that's kind of a little grandiose, but that's the best way I can put it. Man, I've learned strength. I've learned strength. I've learned how to look at things from a different view. And I've also learned how to accept the fact that I'm not going to win everything. Accept that a few <laughs> losses here and there are good for you. Because when you learn how to lose, that's when you learn how to win. Um, I believe Muhammad Ali once said when he was fighting, I want to say, I can't think exactly who he was fighting. I want to say Liston, but I could be wrong about that. How he had lost to him. And if it wasn't him, it was Frazier. But when he lost to them, they asked him a question. And they asked him, how does it feel? He says, I feel good. Because now I saw that I lost. Now I know how I can win the rematch. You know, I saw how he knocked me down. Well, the same thing happens in life. A lot of times you will get knocked down. And not only will you get knocked down, but when you're there, you'll contemplate staying there. But now you see what has happened. You can learn how to win the rematch with the battle that you just lost with. Whether it is addiction, whether it is mental stress, whether it is low self-esteem, you know how to fight those things now. And here in Youngstown, we've had a lot of things we had to fight. You know, had to fight bad economy, had to fight some corrupt judgment, had to fight some very bad things. But now that we have lost, we know how to win again. I think it was Thomas Wayne who said it best. Uh, what do we? What do you do when you fall? You get back up. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, there's an old song that says, "We fall down, but we get up." And here in Youngstown, we have fallen, but I guarantee you, we're not gonna stay there. Did you appreciate my Batman reference? I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was hoping you would have said that because I was gonna say it next. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I was hoping I was gonna frame that a little bit differently and say I don't know if you've heard of the uh, the wise and ph- philosopher Thomas Wayne, um, <laughs> but you know I say that I say that to my baby when when we we call it an uh oh yes. when she's she's thirteen months. Old. So when she falls, she and she cries. It's not because she's feeling pain. It's just because like that's. It's actually because she's mad at herself for not standing straight. For, she's mad at herself for falling. That's just kind of her personality. But I always tell her, "What do you do when you fall? Get back up." And she does. And she does. It's incredible. Uh, so, do you have any siblings? Yes, I do. I have an older sister and an older brother, and they never let me forget I'm the youngest one. Oh, you're the baby. Oh, man. Man, let me tell you, it's it's never something that you get over because, you know, they remember me when I was born and all that good stuff. So, yeah, man, I got a sister and a brother, and they just automatically remind me, no matter how many great things you do and how big you are, you're still our little brother. So I'm like, man... <laughs> They still break you down. Yeah, they do every time, man. <laughs> now, do they listen to your show? Yes, they do. Um, and they've been pretty impressed by it. Uh, I think because naturally, sometimes the older siblings always want to have that edge over the younger ones. But they're not rooting against me, though. And I think that's the most important thing because there's nothing like a supportive family. And I'm just thankful that I do have a brother and sister who actually support me. Yeah, that's great to have, and, and then and they tune into the show. Do, you, do your parents listen as well? 
Yes, uh, you know, not as much as my brother and sister because I mean, my, my parents do have some pretty busy schedules, but when they have listened to it, they've really enjoyed it, and they say they're they're proud. So knowing that you know my parents and my siblings are proud, man, that's something that I never take for granted. You know, with your family listening, it must be, especially for your parents, it must be like listening to themselves a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. There's been times where I've been on the air, and I'll be like, my goodness, I sound like my dad. Mm-hmm. And times I've been on the air, and I'll be like, yeah, that was totally my mom saying that. So it's kind of <laughs> like you get the best of both of them, and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're about ready to conclude here. Um, I would love to know uh, your parting thoughts. Um we get all manner of folks that listen to this podcast, young, old, of all gender, I mean, all, both genders, any gender, uh, any race, all walks of life. Um, and I think that I would love to hear them tune into your show because, you know, th- this podcast is about celebrating the good works that Youngstowners are doing to improve themselves in their city um, through the work that they're doing. And uh, <clears throat> I see your, your radio show is not subordinate, but a parallel. We're, we're peers, and, you know, we're, we're communicating the same things just differently. So um, do you have any parting thoughts for our, for our listeners? And tell, tell them how they can get involved in, in your show and whatever else you're up to. Well, first, I want to say thank you for taking time out to have me on this podcast. I'm blushing. <laughs> what a what a tremendous time, man. But my parting thoughts are I want everyone who is listening to reexamine where they're at and to reexamine who they are. First of all, when you say where, talking about a setting, not just in Youngstown, but where are you in your life? Where are you in your job? Where are you in your school? And then I want you to reexamine yourself with it and say, okay, what can I do to improve this? What can I do to make this a little better? And then once you have discovered it, then you can apply it and say, okay, maybe I can do this a little better, or maybe I can increase my time here, increase my time there. So when you first acknowledge the change in you, then that's when you can be the change. And Youngstown is on a changing shift. You know, they're on a changing atmosphere, and I feel it. And I love it because we're a part of the change. You know, 20 years from now, we're not going to look at the city the same way we did now because it would be changed by then. And as far as, you know, people tuning into my show, what you can do is you can download the Rookery Radio app and you can download the TuneIn Radio app and type in Rookery Radio in the search box. Or you can log on to RookeryRadio.com to tune in. And I'm on the air every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Can I come on your show? Absolutely, man. You got to. I was actually going to invite you to come on. <laughs> and leave it to me to invite myself. That's all right, man. That's all right. Yo, I kid you not. When people invite themselves on, I used to get offended by it. But now I'm like, you know what? I enjoy it because they want to be a part of it. And want, like something I've uh, really been blessed to do is I've interviewed local celebrities and national ones. And not once have I ever denied them access to come in because you don't want to deny someone access to come into your house. So it's like, why deny access to come into change? And my show has really opened up doors for me, not only to host, not only to be a radio host, but to do some things around here, such as the Gospel Fest with, you know, Ty Tribbett, um, the, like then another gospel concert with Dietrich Haddon. And just to see all of the change that, you know, has happened because I've been on the air. So anytime somebody wants to come on, I say, come on, man, let's set this up. Let's have some fun doing it. Let's have some fun, folks. 
Thanks for tuning in. And remember the call to action. Re-examine. You want to re-examine and then reevaluate. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you for having me.